0: Well, Abel's out here already, baby. Let's go. <laughs> all right, all the kids, go to your respective classes, wherever that might be, you know. And if you don't, ask Jane. <laughs> so we're going to go that way and this way, every which way. Perfect. Before I dive into what I want to say today, I want to say this. This is in no way an indictment or a put down of any old folks, which I am one. Okay? I just want to say I'm so thankful how God has sent some young men, young women into this church to invigorate us. Yes! That's a God thing. So believe it or not, we need them. Guess what? They need us, so all y'all folks with me, they need us as much as we need them. But we need one another, and I'm so thankful for the young men and women God has sent into this church. So they understand things about this generation and culture that I don't, and so I'm so grateful for all the folks, all these people that God has sent. I'm Hey, uh, all those uh, that I identify with as an older person, I'm thankful for you too. Amen? So, love you guys. Let's love this church. So thankful. Thank How many of you heard Doug's teaching sermon last week? Anybody? Raise your hands high. I want to see. If you haven't heard that sermon, if you haven't heard that teaching, please go on Facebook and listen to it. It's, it, it. Doug's always good. Last week was above and beyond. And I I just encourage you because I've listened to it twice now. I was so, I was so taught. I was so, I don't know, I so touched by what he was saying because I know it was from the Holy Spirit. So what I'm doing today is I'm kind of bouncing off of where he stopped last week and just filling a couple of things after the fact. What I mean is he ended the, uh, the teaching, and again, please listen to what, how he said it because I'm not sure I'll say it like he did, but at the end, he was talking about the battle we are in, we're in. We're in a battle. We see a cultural and a societal battle all around us all the time. And it's getting more intense, and it's getting more consistent. And at the end, he was talking about, out of Revelation, he was talking about uh, a scene in, on D-Day uh, in World War II. And he's talking about this guy had done hundreds and hundreds of surveys of the guy's the troops that were on the ground fighting this great war. And to a man, according, I listened to Doug, I didn't look at the thing myself, but to a man, they all thought they were losing. And so, sometimes that's what I feel like. I feel like I'm losing. Everything I see tells me you're not going to make it. And then he Talked about he they interviewed all of these pilots from the aircraft overhead. And they interviewed these pilots. And to a man, the pilot said, It looked like we we're winning. So what they did, what what I saw out of that, and what Doug brought out was they got to see the battle from above, like God sees the battle from above. And whether I know it or not, or whether I'm convinced or not, God's winning. And he's going to win. Because in the end, we know God wins. Say amen. And so I'm so thankful for that. So today, I just, I I listened to that twice, like I said. And today, I was was just really provoked. To share what I'm about to share with you. I was, in fact, I've been excited about it. Because I want to share what I believe God and how I believe God can help us to get a glimpse from above. Folks, that's not where we live. Day to day, we live in the battle. Day to day, every day, that's where we live. That's where we are. That's what we hear. That's what we're inundated with. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high place, and they haven't stopped. And so day to day, that's where we live. But I found every once in a while, God puts me in a place where I'm like I'm in the aircraft. And I can look down and go, wow, we are winning. And so I want to share what I, God put in my heart. How can we get a glimpse from above? I think I said, oh, getting a glimpse from above. It's a pretty good title. <laughs> I was, okay. It's a little hot, I understand. 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, 12th verse, says this. Now, third, uh, uh, incidentally, 1 Corinthians 13 is called the love chapter. And, uh, and I know a lot of people use this for marriage. And it's not written for marriage. Did you know the love chapter was not written for marriage, but it was written to the church? If you look at it in context between chapter 12 and chapter 14, it's written to the church, not, not for marriage necessarily. And everybody says, well... Love is patient, love is kind, and it, is, it is, it is, it is. But he's talking about the church. Just want you to know that. Towards the end of this, down in verse 12, Paul says this. For now we see in a mirror dimly or darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully just as I have also been fully known. So... Understand that you don't see it clearly. And what you think right now is, is accurate, you may not be seeing it clearly. And so that's, I'm going to give you some things that we can do just to get a glimpse every once in a while from above. You ready? Number one, humility. Being humble before the Lord. Humility. We, don't, we do not live in a humble society. We live in a society that says, this is all about me. And unfortunately, some strains of Christianity have started to make people believe it's all about us. And it's not. It's about God and his kingdom. So to be humble before God, to have the the humility before God, to, to come to him and say, God, you know more than I do. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that... He may exalt you at the proper time. And Isaiah it says, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts; my ways aren't your ways," declares the Lord, "for as the heavens are higher than the earth, than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts." For everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Philippians, Paul tells us, don't do anything from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Don't look merely on your own interests, but also on the interests of others. Now, let me me just say this. There's something about the heart, a humble heart, that God is drawn to. It's like... Let's say you're really hungry. <laughs> this is a bad illustration. Well, let's say you're you're really, 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 really hungry. Think of your favorite food in the world. For some of you, it might be pizza. Some of you might be a steak. Some of you might be sushi. Somebody might it might be anything. It could be what? Just think. Let's say you're starving, and then you smell. For me, I have ribs on the Traeger right now. That's the truth. I'm not just saying that. And I'm not hungry right now, but when I, a little bit later, as I get hungry, I'm going to smell those and I'm going to go, whoa. Yeah. That's such a poor illustration, but that's how humility is for God. He is so drawn to the heart of a humble person. King David the Bible says, was a man after God's own heart. And we just got through reading about 60-some chapters of the book of Psalms. And what I see over and over and over again is King David, who was mighty. He was a king. He was a conqueror. He was in charge. Everybody looked up to him, and yet he came before God. He was a humble, humble man. And God, he was drawn to David. And when we humble our hearts before the Lord, when we come before him in humility and lay before and say, God, you know more than I do. You are greater than I am. You are more awesome than I could ever imagine. I can't even comprehend how incredible you are. Humility, that's your beginning to get in the glimpse from above. Because you, we will never, never see things from above until we humble ourselves before the Lord. That's the first step. Without humility, there is no vision. There is no glimpse. Everything around you will fight that. Our own own flesh will fight that. Because none of us wants to be humble. We want our rights. We live in America. I have rights. Is that not true? Isn't that the way we feel sometimes? This is my right. This is what I get to have this, and this is mine. That's not how God's kingdom operates. God's kingdom operates that he's in charge, and he gets to say what we do and don't do. Uh, My brother Eliab was up here earlier talking about why we give. It's like he gets to say what we do and what we don't do. We're not our own. We're bought with a price, See, we 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 don't get to just go along and do whatever we want. So we start. I know that every day um, I just tell God, Lord, you're my first and my last. You're my Alpha and my Omega. You are my beginning and my ending and everything in between. Lord Jesus, you're my all in all. You're the King of my heart. You're the Lord of my life. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. You are my king. That's where I begin every day with Jesus. Humility. You want to get a glimpse from above? Humble your heart before the Lord. Secondly, truth. Planted firmly in truth. I'm really passionate about this. I don't want to, I have stats on this. I will tell you that a few years back, that there were 23% of people who professed to be Christian that that did not believe that there was absolute truth. So there's absolute truth. And if you don't believe that, you're never gonna get to really see what God's doing from his perspective because he is truth. To have our feet firmly planted in truth. In truth, and and God's word is truth. Jesus prayed this, sanctify them through thy truth, Father. Thy word is truth. The apostle Paul and the disciples taught truth. They taught truth. Here's what happens. This is what the enemy does. He says in your head and in your heart, has God really said Look how you're feeling. Oh, look. God didn't t- give you the answer you wanted to have. So, is He really who He said He is? He will all, the enemy will always bring into question who God is. And if we don't know who God is, and if we don't have an answer, and I believe that answer is the truth, the scripture, the word of God, to know the truth. Because if we know the truth, it'll set us free. The truth, know God's word. We have. I'm not talking necessarily to people here, but I know a lot. The majority of Christians do not read the Bible. They wait once a week to go to church to hear the Bible read to them. And if you think that you're going to walk in victory, if you think you're going to know the truth, by doing it that way, you're mistaken. To be in the Word every single day let me speak from personal experience. I can tell you, you know, I'm a pastor. I'm like some, everybody thinks, well, you don't think I'm real spiritual, but, but that's okay. I don't want to be, I'm, I'm not a big deal, but I am a pastor. I am, I, I'm a man who helps to lead others before God, who helps direct them. And even in the midst of my life, I get doubts. Even in the midst of my life, there are things that happen to me that I question. Well, why would you let that happen? God, why not? And why, God, I prayed for that. Why didn't you come through for that? We think that if God doesn't answer our prayer our way, that it's invalid. So here's the truth. The truth is God's word is truth. End of discussion. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Steadfast, immovable. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth, Jesus prayed. Jesus therefore was saying to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, then you are truly my disciples. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. He answered to them, he says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's what he said to the devil when he was out in the wilderness. Well, the devil came, and he actually, he tempted Jesus, and tried to back it up with scripture taken out of context. Somebody took scripture out of context? Somebody took scripture and used it wrongly? That doesn't happen anymore, does it? Happens all the time. And that's why you need to know what the word of God says for yourself. And check that off of other believers who are truly following Jesus. Doug and I both ask you, do not just take our word for what we're saying up here in front of you. Look for yourselves. And if we're wrong, correct us. Not right now, (laughs) but... All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. Hebrews, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and the attentions of the heart. Mark 13 says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. God's word will last forever. I don't care what's going on down here. I do, but I don't. Because in the long run, it doesn't matter. And whether I get my prayer answered the way I want or not, or whether you get your way or not, it doesn't matter. God is God. He will always be God. And he is coming again. Trust holding on to what is last, holding on to what will last. You've heard this before, but I kind of like it. (laughs) Guys walking around, couldn't see very well. He falls off this cliff, but on the way down, there's a branch there. and he's able to grab onto the branch and he's holding on for dear life with all he's got and he says God help me, help me, God help me I'm going to fall and the Lord speaks in an audible voice to him he says let go let go is there anyone else up there That's what we do, isn't it? Lord, do this. God, do this. I really want you to do this. Well, do this. Is there anyone else up there? Can I have a second opinion? Trust, holding on to Jesus. Know the truth so you can trust him. If you know the truth, you'll know how to hang on. Because God will teach you that. We know this, Proverbs, the third chapter, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. Isaiah, the steadfast of mind, thou wilt keep in perfect peace because he trusts in thee. Trust in the Lord forever for in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. Amen. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in Him, and He will do it. Jeremiah, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose trust is the Lord. For He will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a by a stream, and He will not fear when the heat comes, and its leaves will be green, and it will not be anxious, in, and it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. So. Trusting the Lord is holding on to him. That's why you gotta humble your heart. That's why you gotta know the truth so you can trust him. Because without that, you won't trust him. We put our trust in a lot of things. You know that? Think yes, what's something you put your trust in? What? Yeah, what else? Yeah, what else? Hey, I, I put my trust when I get in my vehicle and I put it in and I start turning the wheel. I, I trust that it's going to turn. How about you? Do you ever think about it? When you get in a car, you put the key in, just you don't even think about it. Wouldn't it be awesome if we were like that with the Lord? Ha, all right, Lord, whatever. I know, boop, I know it's automatic. You're going to take care of it. You're going to take care of me, boop. I don't know if I should use that illustration because I know some of the cars I've had. (laughs) But God's always faithful. God's always worthy for us to trust Him, to believe Him, to walk with Him. The problem is there's so many people that get upset and mad at God because He didn't give them their way. I'm praying for this, I'm praying for this, I'm praying for this, and it didn't happen. He hasn't changed. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. Humility, truth, trust, and finally, persistence. I love that word. I love that word persistence, perseverance, persistence, not giving up. Now, I got all kinds of illustrations of people who were persistent and had great victory. How about Abraham Lincoln? I mean, I don't know how what he ran for seven different offices and failed, finally got elected to president. You guys knew that. You know, he failed a lot more. Walt Disney, he got fired from two or three jobs before he got Walt Disney going. That was before the weird days. There's all kinds. Michael Jordan. Well, he got cut from his high school basketball team. Okay, okay. But you know what? They persisted. They stayed at it. And yeah, all right, we won. What about people who are persistent in their relationship with God and never get to see what they prayed for? on this side. There's people sitting in this room today that prayed for stuff, that prayed and believed God, that prayed that God would change something, would heal someone, would do this, would do that. And it didn't happen. Persistence. Persistence is giving it your best, and when you fall, you get back up again. Persistence is doing all you can to make it happen through prayer, the word, and getting back up again and not giving up. And what if God doesn't answer your prayer like you wanted him to answer it? What about that? You get back up and you keep going. Persistent. You don't give up. I used to do this camp, um, basketball camps down in Wilsonville Memorial Park for little kids. And we always have a thought for the day. One of the thoughts for the day was always don't ever give up. And we'd go through the, I'd give them a, a story about somebody who didn't give up and then. We say, don't ever, 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 ever give up. And the kids, I say, don't ever, 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 ever give up. And the kids would go, don't ever, 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 ever give up. And there's something so encouraging to me to see those little kids saying that with such enthusiasm and belief. That's a good message for us, folks. Galatians says, don't lose heart in doing good. For in due time, we will reap a harvest of plenty if we don't give up. Bre- uh, Brothers, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on to the mark of the high call for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Revelations in the second chapter says, "Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison that you may be tested, and you will have tribula- tribulation. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life and This is what I, I love this right here. Hebrews a twelfth chapter. If you haven't underlined this in your Bibles yet, please do. Uh, not 12, uh, actually I meant 11, sorry. Go back, I put the wrong scripture, but watch. Um, Hebrews 11, the 11th chapter is called, what was what, what it called? The faith chapter, yes. So it's all about faith. And Paul, uh, the writer, I don't know, it might not be Paul. I don't know who it is. I always think it's Paul. But he goes through the whole chapter. He says, man, you got Gideon and and Barak and uh, and David and Samson and all these great men and women of God. They're just doing it. They're just mighty men and women of God. At the end of that chapter is what touches my heart more than anything. Because at the end of chapter 11, it says that I'll give you the Coach Nick's paraphrase. It basically says this. And then there were others who were sawn in two, thrown into prison, murdered. They didn't have anything to wear. They didn't have anywhere to live. They lived in holes and caves. All of these died without ever seeing on this side what was to come. And it makes a statement about him. I'm I'm talking about, these are people that in this day and age uh, would just be, oh man, they're such losers. No, the Bible says this, the world wasn't worthy of them. What? These guys are living in caves. They don't have anything to eat. They don't have anything to wear. The world's not worthy of them. Yes, that's, that's right. Because that's where Christianity has lived. Christianity is not lived where we get all that we want, we get all that we we ask for, we get everything and have it all comfy cozy, and that's probably true in many ways in America, but it's not true of Christianity. Christianity is not American. It is the kingdom of God, which is way bigger than this country, which is way bigger than anything. Persistence. Don't ever, 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 ever give up. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, you are mighty. You are awesome. You're the king of my heart, the Lord of my life. Oh, God, I just so desire to hear your voice and follow you every single day. Help us to be a church where that every day we get up and we deny ourselves and take up our cross and we hear your voice and follow you. That's what we want to do. Help us to be Christians who are following after God. Truly. Help us through every circumstance and situation. Thank you, Lord. Help us to experience you, and help us to reflect you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I love you guys, and I want you to have a great week, but most of all, I want you to experience God and reflect Christ. Amen.